Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms, or if you are on TikTok or Clubhouse, find me at Detail Supply App. Still the best way to get in touch with me. Even nine o'clock on a Sunday night, I was answering questions. Best way to get in touch with me, 918-800-1188. Nick can be reached the best way on email, and I don't know about a nine o'clock response, but he'll get back to you. He always does. Best way to reach Nick is nick at vegasrides.com. If you are on social, find him at vegas.rides. Nick, um, I'm going to enjoy, this is a, a beer called Crooked from Crooked Stave out of Denver, a petite sour. Um, there were some people that got soured this weekend. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I found uh, the, the videos to be actually quite entertaining. So the first person that sent to me was Derek from DJ D- Detailing. Derek is always being a part of the community, likes to keep us informed of what's all going on on the uh, entertainment side of detailing. So, Derek, thanks for sending that video. Nick, you and I talked about others sent in, too. I'm sure you got plenty of people. Uh, It was very entertaining for the uh, entertainment side of detailing with lots of drama and lots of people making stances. Some were exposed or were they not? Were stuff explained? It's it's interesting. I'm ready to dive into this sour uh, even though I'm usually not a huge sour fan, but because uh, I think I was probably soured over the weekend. <laughs> give us uh, give us some background. What do you know? Well, I guess, you know, look, uh, for those that follow and, and we know in the detailing world, there's a lot of different opinions about YouTube detailers and YouTube detail channels and all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, it's, it's a pretty divided thing in our industry. And when this happened over the weekend. It, it, it goes, it goes through a lot of, uh, different things because basically what was exposed as one of the biggest detailing YouTube channels is paid a pretty hefty sum to do basically infomercials, right? That I mean, seems no so far fetched. I can't believe you would actually ever say that. Hey, you know, I mean, that's what it seems like. So basically there was a guy named Scott HD who has a YouTube channel that got a hold of some emails and some different things for Pan the Organizer uh, and the demands that he makes on brands. Okay. Pan is the YouTube channel that, you know, has a lot of subscribers and, you know, he makes these brands pay him between 10 and 16 grand, you know, to do these types of videos. Right. And then things kind of hit the fan. Is like people can't believe the money. People can't believe what's going on. They they say Pan isn't you know these can't be true. And well, he's been doing sponsored videos. I mean, everybody that's anybody knows that this is going on. And the okay, way so this kind of yeah. hold on. So there's people that don't. Oh, hundred percent. There. I mean, there was a lot of shock over the weekend. So you and I. Uh, from a common sense perspective, know what's happening. This guy is selling access to his fan base for, for brands. Okay. I mean, you and I get that. 
he even says that right in one of those videos that he comes out with and he's yeah. sitting there talking to people he says that brands are paying for access to his followers yeah to his fans yeah. so the problem is did anybody know it was to this level the guy basically never makes a negative video which means people call into question ethically him taking money because if you never ever say one bad thing about a product line it looks like people are paying you to basically pump up their brand and there's a real argument for that to never have a negative you know thing to say about any product on the market it it, it throws a lot of red flags towards pan the organizer now the reason we bring this up and is because number one i know a lot of detailers follow youtube detailing uh, that that's a fact, especially if you fall into a certain age group, this is maybe where you learn a lot about detailing and things like that. But here's kind of a crazy thing I, that I think a lot of people didn't know is that, I mean, these guys are being paid to make fluffy videos about product lines and it's the who's who of products. Every professional company that you think out there, oh man, these guys make great products. Well, they're paying guys like Pan to pump their product up. So you can't be mad at Pan if you love their product because that's part of the game, right? They need to promote their product. They're choosing this way. So I think it puts a lot of professionals into a weird spot when you really back away from it a little bit because it's like you can't get mad at the guy because he's doing business with all of the people that we hear detailers like. I mean, you can go to the guy's page and see who's sponsoring these ads. You know, you have a couple consumer only brands, but boy, oh boy, you have a lot of professional companies as well. I think while you were, you know, if, if we kind of read through those and I think if you basically just go to his YouTube page, you can begin to start seeing, you know, yeah, you don't have to take our brands. word for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just go there and look them out. Like, I think that was definitely a big shock. If, if, if there's going to be a sour to this moment, I think for many people is like when they realize that the reason why they might be purchasing product from a brand is because that brand paid somebody to tell them to use it. And there's no, and look, and so that's sales and marketing, right? What's wrong with that? Well, and this goes to kind of an interesting conversation. How many people are not catching on to what social media from YouTube down has become? It's a lot different than when Facebook came on them, when my, MySpace was here. The world has changed. And so now brands are spending their money on social media. They're not spending their money on TV commercials. They're spending their money on these influencers. And so what I think everybody is missing in, in, in some cases, not all cases, sometimes you can put it together really quickly, but the detailing world seems to be in this, we don't get the game. The game is that this is now where companies are spending their advertising dollars. And they're going to pay people to say exactly what they want said. And, and if an influencer wants to tell me that, like Pan did in his video, to his defense, I don't say anything, they don't influence me. Well, if somebody cuts you a $15,000 check, they influence you. So you can, you can tell that to your wife and tell that to your loved ones and everybody will believe you at the dinner table but the big boys in the real world are going to say somebody paid you $15,000 that influences you. If you pay a team member to work at your detail shop, 
Does your money influence the decisions that that person's making inside your business? The answer is yes, because you're paying them to do a job. If I exchange money to Marty and say, Marty, I want you to write a glowing review and you don't do it, the money stops flowing in. So the reason these brands keep doing business with influencers like Pan the Organizer is because Pan the Organizer is going to say all the glowing things every time. I mean, we know of a specific product line that he's pumping up on his channel that we have inside knowledge on that is not a up and up brand. That we've seen the products. We knew the products were coming out. We shook our heads, you and I privately, like, wow, that's crazy. Right? We know things. You know things. I know things. Guys that have been doing this a long time know the inside game. I really feel for the guys getting started because they're not being told about the game. And I think that's what Pan and other people are not putting together is that you're leaving a lot of young people out in the dark and you know you're doing it and you're trying to act like you aren't. And so that's where I fall on this whole thing. Perfectly fine with them taking the money. I don't have an issue with that personally because I understand the game. I wouldn't have a problem with them taking money either. No. It's part of being an influencer. That's what you do. I mean, that's just uh, part of, like I said, that's sales and marketing. So the souring part, I think for me, as I began to see it unfold, was then who would hop on to record a video to try and take their part of what they can do. And, you know, I, and then people calling out other de- like, okay, so I didn't get to see the full video with Scott from HD. Did you get to watch it? Because I put it off when, when Derek sent it to me, I, I put it away. I was like, okay, I, I didn't like, I was like, yeah, yeah. Pan- okay, whatever. Like I've never, I've never really dove into watching, you know, no, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't appeal to us. I mean, it's, it's not, it just doesn't appeal to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, and part of it, okay, so here's what's funny. Did you watch, uh, did you get into reality TV? Was that a thing sure. for you? Well, what like was real world, real, real world, world, of course. Yeah. I mean, real uh, world was, that was early on. That was like the original reality yeah. show. Did you, uh, and then Jackass for sure. Did you, uh, did you go try out when real world Vegas came? Were you, were you at the front line trying to get I wasn't in? here. I wasn't here. That, come oh, on, you man. The- <laughs> no, I was in college. So, oh, that's right. So, uh, what about in San Diego? Did you? Because they did a real world San Diego too. Yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. there. No, but real world was sure, like, sure, you know, sure you were. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, for, sure you were. For everybody that doesn't know, real world was the start of all this, and it was fun as hell when real world was going on. Yeah, MTV show, and then you mentioned Jackass. Uh, yeah, that became you know, geez, nonstop, Huge. right? Yeah. Uh, when. TV kind of changed its role, right? TV began to move into, uh, well, you call it reality TV. I kind of saw as YouTube began to grow and as people began to put out videos, it was almost like to me in the way I viewed it, it was like their view, their version of reality TV. Yep. And so then as, as influencers began to put out their videos of saying why they recommend products and yeah, I mean, I get it. I was, we started to grow into, you know, 16, 17 and trying to get out there and expand. I reached out to some, 
Why not? That's marketing. Yep. They gave me their price. Okay. Like, why was I? I'm still confused on why that's been a. I mean, that's what people do. They create reality shows, create things that make people watch it, and then they get to make money off of it. Like, Pan even goes through that and what he's talking about. Now, it's funny when he talks about how much he's charging and then he tries to justify it with, well, I need new yeah. equipment. You know, I mean, yeah. I think that's always an expensive you know, and a, an expensive camera is five G's, but I mean, it's, it's not like it's, you know, come on. Well, so it's to me, yes, agreed. It, to me, it's when people get into, and here's, here's a question I think it'd be fun to jump around with, right? As it gets into talking about people's money, people get kind of weird, right? We've had a guest on the podcast who was making $8,000 a weekend off of detailers for charging them training, $8,000. And then in the same episode and pretty much a couple sentences later said that he was breaking even and didn't make any money. Cause he gave so, you a t-shirt. Well, I'm just meaning from him. Like he, yeah, right. It's the I same know. thing as pan, right? Like, Hey, you know, we're not making as much as you think. Like, don't, don't, we've got expenses, you know, Hey, you know, and this, this guy tried to tell us that at his coding training where he makes $8,000, he's got so many expenses that his brand just doesn't make any money. So that's why he's got to keep doing all these. I find it to be really, really souring and really confusing on why do people get so funny when they start talking about how much money they're getting paid? Do they read? Is there something inside the back of them that they feel guilty about it? And so they have to explain it in a certain way. I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great, I think it's a great topic because it, to me, it shows that somebody's insecure about what's happening. If you're truly worth whatever price it is you're charging, you look into the camera and say, I charge the price that is the going rate for yeah. a channel like mine. I'm not out of bounds. I'm not out of bounds doing this. And and brands see a value in what I'm doing, which is why I charge what I charge. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Maybe you share the work that goes into doing video. Marty, you do video editing. I've done video editing. It's not a, it's not two seconds. You could spend hours upon hours time. upon, you know, yeah. to shoot a video in 4K, to get all the angles, to then go in and edit the video, I mean, somebody could have a, an extreme amount of time in and a lot more than people think. I mean, I don't think there's any, any question I could see somebody putting a hundred hours into a video. Okay. Pretty simply. Why not just state the work that goes in? Okay. If that's what you're concerned about, then explain the work, but it always seems like this transparency is only to a certain level. It's like a defense. Like what you don't understand is cameras. It's like, yeah, dude, pe people don't, that doesn't explain anything because people can just go on the internet and click how much a camera is, even at the high end. Okay. So that's a really stupid thing to do. <laughs> I hate the, cause I think he's probably a pretty intelligent guy. It's a stupid defense. If you want to go into how much work goes into something that'll explain things to people. Otherwise don't explain anything, but he just kind of did what everybody does. Like you referenced, Oh, you know, uh, a polisher is expensive. You know, we hear detailers say that all the time. Why do I charge so much? Oh, have you priced a polisher? Well, yeah, I have. And guess what? If you amortize that over all your jobs, a polisher is pretty damn cheap. It's a stupid thing to say. We hear people say it all the time. Right? Oh, you know, look at all my tools. They're expensive. 
but you use them for like eight years if you take care of them. What are you talking about? They're not that expensive. I heard this recently about the phone. If you think about your phone being $1,200, you know, people started losing their mind as the price of phones started to grow and grow and grow. Your phone goes more places with you than your wallet goes. So is the phone really that expensive? Not really, because in your life, your phone probably goes more places than anything that you own. Is it that expensive at $1,200? So when he moved, pulled that move, like you said, when he got like, let me tell you why I charge so much, it, it just always goes down a really, but we see detailers do this too, man. You know, the reason I charge so much is look at this equipment. Look at this training I paid for, man. People don't give a shit about that. Just charge your price, sell your customer and move on. If you have no problem with what you're charging, you shouldn't have to get on social media and defend yourself. But if you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. And I think that's what you see a lot on social media is guys like Pan the Organizer are playing a really, really stupid game and they're getting stupid prizes when the truth comes out, right? Like if you have no problem with what you're doing, you shouldn't have cared that this guy told everybody. That's where I came out on it. Yeah. If you had no problem with what you were doing, this guy exposing what you were doing should have been no problem at all. But, you know, I know there are a lot of detailers that are probably thinking about why we're bringing this up because let me tell you something, folks, brands value this type of guy, the detailing brand, apparently to the tunes of 16 grand. And if you walk at those videos, how many of those videos are out there from same companies after same companies? Yeah. It's, how it's much huge. do these companies invest into them? Yeah, I mean, you got to figure that advertising budgets for big time companies, six figures a year are going into these influencer budgets where if not seven figures, I mean, depending on how big the company is. And, you know, we have set a DIY brand for sure, I know is in the seven figures because they've contacted the likes of me and other detailers and put together these junkets where you go there and you sign off on their product. And Oh yeah. There were some big in those what late last year or what last summer no, as brands two, started been, to get it into been two years because remember we had coronavirus last year. It was, oh, it was the yeah, year before Corona. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, like as, as brands were suddenly, they hadn't been in the ceramic game and now they're going to be in the ceramic game and needed you to come. It was crazy. Yeah. It, it was crazy. So what they, you know, so people know the inside story and this actually happened. They contacted yeah, all the well, a lot of those influencer YouTubers, they you could go back and watch their videos of being there, right? Yeah. So basically yeah. Uh, there there was a there's a DIY company who's been around forever, but didn't really care about their brand. They just kind of sold themselves in Walmart and O'Reilly's. They wanted to go through a rebrand. So they started contacting YouTubers, especially, but they contacted a bunch of detailers like to give them legitimacy. Hey, come to this junket this media junket, we'll pay for everything. Like as though a plane ticket is that big a deal to buy or a hotel room is hard to get. Uh, it really shocked me though, like you said, how many guys sold their soul for a free trip to Arizona. I mean, it's like, it's not like you were going to Brazil or you were, you know, you were going to, to London or they were flying you across the world to Italy. You were going to Arizona, dude. And I damn near every YouTuber out there sold their soul to this company. And you can go through their page and figure out what company we're talking about. But this has been going on. This is a plan now. This is a line in the sand. And, and Marty, correct me if I'm wrong. SEMA 360 
these brands kind of had a, a moment where they admitted that, you know, Hey, we got to work through these social media influencers and we got to really, we're not really concerned with the detailer. We're concerned with these social media guys and their followings because they can move a bunch of product for us. And we're really making our product for those people today. We're not really concerned with the pro. And not only did they not say we're not, I mean, they specifically, some said we have nothing for them. I mean, yeah, specifically we have nothing for the, for a pro. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't care about the pro. Yeah. And so for two years, I think we've been kind of giving people this underlying reality in our industry. Right. And this is where this ties in that it's changed forever. The, the value system in our industry now is more about getting clout through social media and these influencers than it is about working through the professional market the way it used to and, and kind of doing the right thing, so to speak, in development. And, and it's now just a marketing and sales game. And that's what it's going to be. And whatever took place this weekend and whoever's feelings got hurt, that, that's irrelevant to our topic. It's, it's hilarious to watch. Dude, I think the most hilarious was the guy that sat down on a little chair and he was like, man, I'm just, I'm just so yeah. upset right now. <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah, what, this doesn't even really, involve you. Yeah. Well, but it's just, it's just funny how people like when they're of that influencer type group, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to build up this group and then try and sell them a bunch of stuff. Right. Yep. Influencer only the, the big hangup is they haven't really built a company. They're only building a shell of marketing, which is completely fine. So let's just say they're building a marketing company. Agreed. Completely. Okay. Completely fine. As long as they are a marketing company and should be looked at. And then when they go to teach, they should teach on how to market. Right. But if you sit in a chair and you go, Oh, I'm so upset. And they just blast this company that apparently is the one that sold them out or whatever, like yeah. that sent the email. Then you go, Oh, it's a coding company. Oh, no wonder you sell codings. That's why you're doing that. Oh, yeah. you're just, and then he even talks about how he has built up brands for other people and didn't make near as much money. And Oh, yeah. I get it. You're just yeah. one of those same people. You didn't really build yeah. a company. You're just a marketing yeah. company. Which is gotcha. And like you, like you said, which is Completely fine. fine. And the one thing that everybody, you know, a bunch of young detailers reach out to us every week, you know, and I'm, they've really taught me a lot, you know, on the way they think, think and see things and what's brought them into our industry. It's interesting to hear the different ways people come in the industry now. A lot of people get interested from detailing on YouTube. They didn't even know about detailing until they watched a YouTube video. You and I knew because we went down the street and worked at a detail shop or we worked at a detail spot or we worked at a car wash or they detailed cars or what, however you got in, how you're getting in now is vastly different in a lot of cases. You're finding interest mm -hmm. through something online. And so one of the weird things is. Well, so mentioning that SEMA 360 podcast, they actually specifically mention, and it's funny because they're talking to a guy that runs a training program and they say, detailers don't need to pay for training. They could just they get just it all off of YouTube. They yeah, can just get it all off of YouTube. Like that, that yeah. to me, it always remain hilarious. And, and here's the funny thing. That's, that should alarm people that brands think you can learn a lot of valid stuff on YouTube. Can you get some basics? There's no question. 
you can learn some basics off YouTube. You can learn to really great wash processes and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to running a detailing business, if you think you're going to learn everything off YouTube, that's a bit naive, but this is where these brands mindset is now. Their mindset is not helping you anymore. Their mindset is how can we market and sell as much product as we can? And let's forget what role you have as the professional, right? It, it doesn't matter. So if you're getting started in this industry and, and YouTube is the catalyst for that, that's an awesome thing. But sooner or later, you got to move on from that and realize that that game is not professional. That game is an underhanded sales and marketing game where it's just about moving product. They don't care if it's great product. They don't care if it's meaningful product. They don't care about that. They just care that the bottles are going out the door. And that's their brands are allowed to do that. But that's what the brand is. The brand is worried about if I move the bottle out the door. Not does it make your life easier? Not is it actually formulated properly? Not a, is it user-friendly? All these things that should matter. That's not the, that's not the case anymore. The case is now, I put our product on this guy's YouTube channel. He has 600,000 followers. That's going to equal X number of bottles going out our door. That's the game. And is there anything wrong with that game? That's where I'm confused. I'm, I'm, no, you know. no, but it, there is something wrong if you're the guy that is the last to know. Okay, this is why we kind of did this. Like, don't be the last guy to know. Like, this is the game right? This is, this is what we've been saying for two years. There's always a game within the game. Okay. There's always something that you don't know. Just like we watched a brand tell you how their five-year coding was really awesome for the last five years and overnight changed the formulation. That's how good that coding was that overnight they changed the formulation, understand the game and the game. They wanted to put graphene on a label. So that's why they made the decision to change their five-year coding. They couldn't put graphene on the label unless they told they changed the formulation because their installers would have known they didn't change anything. So then that's the game within the game. And that's the same thing with this YouTube stuff, right? Like, hey, man, people are getting paid and they're getting paid lots of money. And let me tell you something. Pan the organizer is not the only one getting that sum of money. There's a lot of people that got a following that are, that are weaseling a lot of money out of brands. And brands are willingly paying it because remember their advertising budgets used to be way more when you do a tv commercial and that tv commercial costs you three hundred fifty thousand dollars just to produce okay you haven't even run the ads yet think about all the money these big brands have to spend i mean given pan the organizer 10 g's it's not even a thought yeah all right so i want to i'm going to dive into it a little bit different on this side when the one thing that does sour me, right? The one thing that did confuse me about watching everything is, is when Pan's explaining, uh, and especially towards the end, right? He defends his entire, well, business model as he's doing it for detailing. Because he, he just, he loves his fans. He loves everybody. And he loves detailing. So he's doing it for for detailing. Yep. Uh, that's where I'm, that's where I got a little soured because I don't know how, if you're always, and this is, I can appreciate somebody who wants to be positive. I can, I'm a positive guy myself. I like to not talk negative. I like to not be negative. I'm a positive person. You and I've talked about, you know, being able to positively, you know, 
if you talk to yourself positively, there's all kinds yep. of business things to be positive. There's yep. right. So he's that kind of guy. Great. So his reason for the way he has his marketing company is that he wants to positively talk about products. Cool. Really appreciate that. That doesn't mean that you're doing it for detailing. So when you make that statement, and this is the industry that I, right? If I'm going to say I'm for detailing, then this right here, right? I got to bring this up. And I'm like, hey, you said you're for detailing. You know what? I'm for detailing. And when I put this up, you know what? It doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm non-combative, right? Like, this doesn't mean, all right, you said you're for detailing. Well, now I am, right, motherfucker? Let's do this, yeah. right? It's not yep. me whatsoever. You know what this is? This will show you the scars, right? Uh, this one was from a power washer where I, I was get, standing up too much, and I got that too close and went zoop. I, I got stuff over here. You know, the worst part of, which is cool, all the different uh, brushes they've come out with now. But you remember how we used to have to get in? Into, you know, so how many scars, how many times did you hit your yep. knuckles on that, yep. uh, that metal railing underneath the chair? Those yep. fuckers. And the worst was when you did it the next car, right? Yep. I go, fuck, I just hit myself there, yep. right? That's what those are. So you're for detailing? Cool. But you only are going to talk about brands that pay you 16 grand and you're only going to talk about the positive things that that thing does and that's why detailers should go buy that product. Are you really for detailing? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you never basically say this product line is really lacking. This product line is not up to snuff. Then you don't really have the yin and the yang of, of what's going on here, right? Like if you never say something's bad, then how do I know how good something is? Because you've never told me what bad looks like. So there's no frame of reference in his whole world about bad and good. He just takes somebody's money shoots a very, very nicely professionally done video, speaks about it, cashes his check, which I'm okay with. I know Me some too. people aren't. I'm okay with it. It's part of life. People accept money. Uh, but it did come across, and, and, and I think this is where you start to see that some of these influencers and some of these people have gotten somewhere, and it's almost like they're somewhere by accident. Not that it hasn't taken hard work, but they didn't know this was going to happen. This wasn't some grand plan. They just got a lot of viewers and they kept doing it and kept doing it and working hard and the viewers stacked up. And yeah. all of a sudden, now you got somewhere where there was no real plan. So you don't know how to act. You don't know how to build a business because you never thought of it like a business until it was too late. And now you're in the middle of it and you can't back out of it and you can't. And you don't know how to move forward in a different way. And so what happens? You contact the brand said, hey, I like your product line. It looks cool. I'd like to shoot some videos. And he even admits he's out there soliciting brands as much as they're soliciting him. Mm -hmm. Okay, no problem. But he's not for detailing. I've shared with you, I know one of the biggest, you know, market disruptors in the detailing world from a YouTube perspective. I know him really well. We have conversations constantly. 
he told me exactly why he doesn't take money from brands. He doesn't want to lie to his people. And the minute you take money, you're going to have to do something for that money. To say that a brand doesn't have control over you is just, it's either naive or you're lying. Because so, speaking of money, this, this is interesting. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, would you, would you allow your, your dad to come in if, if he was upset at you? Would you allow him to come in and strangle you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what's so funny? What's so funny? Uh, because I don't think a lot of people know that there was a guy who did this like dramatic, vi dramatic video about all this. And he said, you know, I'm 50 years old. <laughs> my dad would come I, in and strangle me if I talked about somebody else's money. I, I'm like, so, I, so I, I'm like, so, I, don't, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> would, would, would you, if you told your customers how much you paid for stuff or, or, you know, or just have, and would you have your customers let them kick your own ass? I know. I look. Would man, you? This is. I this, know. I mean, these are questions, <laughs> Nick. Listen, these are questions. Would you get? Would you get strangled by your dad? And would you have your customers kick your ass? That's what I, I really want to know. I will say this, and and I know that you feel this way because sometimes you just need to blow off a little steam. People should go go see this video because it's freaking hilarious. I mean, the fact of what people are willing to do if you put a camera in front of them. And the way they're willing to sell their pride down the river, just because there's a camera in front of them. We see it all the time, man. It's not just detailing. I mean, people sit there and act crazy on, on the, the Las Vegas strip because somebody turned their phone around and started videotaping them or, or, or recording them. So I just say this all the time. Like, dude, I mean, this rebuttal or not, it wasn't a rebuttal video. This guy interjecting himself. And for those that don't know, let's just say that Scott from Dallas Paint Correction, who I know a bunch of detailers hate you know, I don't know the guy. I, I've heard a lot of bad either. stories and, and I don't care, but he just puts himself into the middle of this controversy. He has no business in the middle of, and basically becomes the morality police of this guy releasing basically public knowledge. The company did business with pan. They shared the emails. Yeah. That there, there's no problem with that. There's not, I mean, there's, if so you want to say it's un unethical, then that's fine. But that doesn't unethical doesn't mean it's illegal. Right. So so I wanted to get to that question. Like, what about somebody's money? Well, I think we come it, from an era we don't yeah, talk about. Doesn't it. matter. I mean, yeah, we, we just don't. I mean, I think times have changed. I mean, let, let's be very frank. Times have changed. I was raised in a way that, yeah, you were you are a certain way about your money and other people money. You never asked another man how much he's making and you never tell another man how much you're making. I mean, I'm sure you were raised pretty similarly. We're around the same age. I just kind of understand that times have changed. And when you're a public figure and you got 615,000 YouTube subscribers, you're a public figure. These are now the modern day stars, right? TikTok stars have 70, 80 million, 100 million uh, followers. You know, they're as popular on the street as George Clooney is. I mean, people need to flip their mindset and understand that the celebrity is different now. The celebrity are these online personalities that are on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on YouTube. And so public figures, we've always known what they made. Okay. Think of every athlete. 
you know their contract, okay? Because it's public knowledge. And I know some professional athletes personally that have told me, name another profession where you know so readily how much money somebody has. It's very hard to find. Other than politicians, it's pretty hard to find people that are put out there like athletes. Celebrity now has changed. It's no longer just a movie star and a TV star. It's these YouTube stars. It's a TikTok stars. And so to me, your money's going to become public. And if you don't know how to handle that, things are going to get really out of hand. And I think that's what we saw over the weekend is that you just had people that didn't know how to handle the fact that somebody was making so much money to make a video. And then that person didn't know how to act when it became public that he was making so much money. And it just, it was a hurricane, a disaster. And it was hilarious. Well, I wondered from Scott, from DP, whatever, uh, since he talks about how he had made all these other companies a lot of money off of recommending their product, but then said he didn't get paid. And now he's like, Oh, you guys shouldn't say anything bad about somebody getting paid and about knowing their money. I'm like, Hmm. Why yeah. did you make the point in that video? Like that. To yeah. Me and, and look, the guy that kind of started all this is Scott HD. What I have done, what he did. That's, that's not what we do. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of information over the last two years that we have said, Hey, this isn't our place. This isn't the right thing to do. Uh, you know, if this person's not going to come on and defend it, then we shouldn't do it, right? We, we've made those decisions. Just so we can kind of give some context to this, we've made that decision as people that have created content together for two years now. The one thing that everybody has to understand, though, is, is that it is, if that guy gets information and he sees it fit to put the information out, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. he's got the information and he didn't lie about anything. Yeah. It was in text. I don't I mean, blame it was, him. It was in an email. All. Yeah. So because you wouldn't do something doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Can you find it tasteless? Can you say, I wouldn't do that? Sure. But he just kind of put the guy in his crosshairs and said, I think the detailing world should know that this guy really isn't. The reason this guy doesn't have any negative reviews on his channel is because he's getting paid. Do I think that context is real? Sure. That is a real point. And you can point to a thousand other of these, uh, of these types of, of people on YouTube in the detailing world that are in the same boat. We've seen influencers at uh, booths at SEMA. Let me, let me give you an example. Wayne Carini, who is a, a, a famous Ferrari restoration guy in Connecticut at F40 Motorsports, he signs at AutoGeek every year. The only reason people know him is because he has a television show. Think about Jesse James at SEMA. I mean, I know you've walked by those booths where Jesse James is at a paint booth or paint company and the line was around. I mean, is this different? Not really. It's just modern. And so everybody's struggling with the fact of it's not how it once was. It's not a TV commercial. It's not, it's not a normal sponsorship that makes sense where this guy's doing appearances. It's just happening on a different screen. And I think people are really struggling with the fact that the dynamic has changed. And I kind of brought that up to you before we got on air. People don't know how to act because there's a professional removed from all this and it's called the agent. The agent used to explain to the talent what was going on. You've now removed this lawyer slash agent, which most of them are lawyers. And now the company's dealing directly with the talent. 
and the talent doesn't have anybody to buffer that deal. And so now that deal starting to get skewed and messy is the way I see it. it uh, it's definitely interesting of why now suddenly things are happening as we're seeing the ceramic coating bubble burst and by the droves, detailers are leaving multi-levels uh, and going for more of a entry-level to single-layer application. We're now seeing a debacle unfold, and will it be the first of many will be the uh, big question, I think, for detailers as we continue to examine and see what happens with influencers and that game. Now, the interesting part, too, will be as detailers go back and look at the brands that uh, have paid the detailer, quote unquote, that uh, was putting out detailing information, but is basically a marketing company. Well, we'll begin to understand then why those brands might have started growing, but then aren't really well used by so many professional detailers. So the game continues, as you say, the journey yeah. continues as we continue to dive, dive our own selves into what's going on inside the detailing industry what's happening and what's clicking. So Nick, thanks as always for your time. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on this week and the, the year plus that you've been doing it, you know, we're gosh. Uh, it seems, yeah. Yeah. It seems, uh, wow. Was it uh, mobile tech Vegas? That uh, was one of the very first times that you were on yeah. air. So that was yeah. uh, wonderful. Our relationship started before that as yeah. we can started to begin to, chop up and look at what's going on inside this uh this crazy world that we have <laughs> in the detailing industry yeah. uh i want to highlight uh a, a cool topic that we're going to dissect and invite everybody to come on to the community pub this wednesday 7 30 central begin to look over the next couple of weeks because one other thing that we are seeing inside right a big bubble burst of the coding company we now saw a really interesting part of the influencer marketing campaigns that have been happening. Now we'll begin to look at a ongoing question that detailers continue to ask. Well, I'm a mobile detailer. How do I get into my shop? When I reach my shop, I will have arrived at said abundance of customers and life will be filled with nothing but, well. Rainbows and unicorns. Yes. Hmm. However, my beer is empty. And so it does not uh, have overflowing beer uh, in it. <laughs> we'll have to continue this conversation for the community pub. Well, I'll have more beer to consume. So all the other detailers hop on. Let's dive into the question. Picnic's brain. Why he has never gone to a shop. Why has he remained mobile for 10 plus years? We'll have some shop owners. Let's dissect. Let's ingest and uh and get to another part of the industry so nick thanks as always for your time we'll see you at the community pub this wednesday 7 30 central thank you bro all right man have a great day episode over leave us a review and we will see you on the community pub wednesday nights at 7 30 central the zoom meeting id is 918 800-1188. That's the Community Pub, Wednesday nights, 7.30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy.